Sorry, England, but I'm going to choose freedom. I'm not a kid anymore, and I'm not your little brother either. As of now, I'm declaring my independence. I won't allow it. You don't have the strength to stand on your own. I... I can't do it. You bloody fool. Damn it. Why, damn it. England? You used to be so big. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I know it's already past the sixth episode and like pro historians only do six episodes per season. But come on, I had to include something about Yankee Doodle. This song has too interesting of a history to pass up. So yeah. If there's one country that should be renamed to Master of Trolling, it would be America, with classics like When Cotton is King and Men are Chattels, Union Boys Will Win the Battles. Oh, shots fired. It's moments of trolling like this that make me proud to be American, even if usually I'm the one getting trolled instead of doing the actual trolling. Another such example of this most epic American tradition is Yankee Doodle. So join me in roasting some redcoats till they boil into lobster tails. Before Yankee Doodle got into the hands of the Americans, it was circling around Western Europe way before America even existed. The earliest recorded form was probably from Holland in the 1500s. Mostly, it contained crazy talk in English and Dutch with words like yanker, diddle, doodle down, diddle, doodle, lanther, Yank Viver, Ruver, Vone, Buttermilk, and Tanther. That last part is attributed to Dutch laborers who were paid, quote, as much buttermilk as they could drink and a tenth of grain, end quote. The English word doodle materialized in the early 1600s, and it was thought to be either derived from one of these two words from Low German, doodle, with a U, which perfectly describes me since it means to play music badly, and doodle with an umlaut, which means fool or simp. The earliest occasion of the British mocking the colonials with this tune was during the French and Indian War. It was written in 1755 or 58 by British Army Surgeon Dr. Richard Schuckberg while chilling in New York, and it goes a little something like this. Brother Ephraim sold his cow and bought him a commission. Then he went to Canada to fight for the nation. This tune was titled, 
the words to be sung through the nose and in the West Country draw and dialect. Later, the iconic tune appeared in the 1762 opera known as The Disappointment. Yeah, that's what it was actually called, The Disappointment. This opera was about a group of Philadelphians searching for Blackbeard's treasure. Before we move on to the actual Revolutionary War Yankee Doodle, there are some words that might be of importance to know, and they are macaroni and dandy. But, but, amateur historian, I already know what macaroni is. It's a pasta! You're such a doodle, me from the past. By macaroni, I don't mean pasta! Macaronis were a sort of 1760s and 70s fandom. Called this since back in the day, macaroni pasta was exotic to Englishmen. The trend started with the upper class, but soon spread to the middle and lower. Basically, the stereotypical macaroni was a dude who wore flamboyant clothing as seen as in Italy and France. This style included a tall white wig, tiny hat, tight waistcoat, colorful stockings, and pinchy shoes. Oh yeah, and they also talked like the 18th century equivalent of a valley girl. Like, yeah. Macaronis were noted to, quote, exceed the ordinary bounds of fashion in terms of clothes, fastidious eating, and gambling, end quote. It was a scandal, according to Town and Country Magazine, 1772, quote, such a figure, essence, and perfume with a bunch of lace sticking out under its chin puzzles the common passenger to determine the thing's sex. And many a time, an honest laboring porter has said, by your leave, madame, without intending to give offense. In the 1999 academic article, Fashion Theory, the Journal of Dress, Body, and Culture, Peter McNeil explains why it was gay. Quote, as soon as the macaroni stereotype entered the middle class, press the character was interpreted as sodomical. End quote. People made fun of macaronis, calling them homophobic names like Lord Dimple, Sir William Whiffle, and Majorie Patty Pan. As for dandies, they were these dudes who were careful with their physical appearance, spoke in refined language, and leisured hobbies. They were these middle-class guys who liked pretending to be rich and thought that was how to look rich. They wore silk strip clothes, carried two chain pocket watches, one to tell what time it was and one to tell what time it wasn't, and this last one may sound familiar, stuck feathers in their hats. During the revolution, songs were made to hype one side and demoralize the other side, and Yankee Doodle was just tailored to do that. Now that we've understood the gibberish behind the lyrics we forced to learn in grade school, let's take a closer look at the most memorable lyric, the part that gets stuck in everyone's head. Yankee Doodle came to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. If we pay close attention to the lyric, it roughly translates to colonist fool went to town riding on a pony, not a horse, a pony stuck a feather in his hat and called it fashion. Not too bad, but if you look at the subtle image, you might get an offensive picture. This simple-minded American thinks he's got into the club, but in truth, he's mocked for thinking such a simple costume could suffice for the elite. 
Oh, and about the macaroni club, that roughly translates to gay club. So basically it says, Americans are low class and feminine and homo, but they're so dumb that they don't even know how to show their homo. Weird roast, but okay. Other variations of Yankee Doodle include, This is a reference to Thomas Ditson from Billerica, Massachusetts, where Thomas was tarred and feathered for trying to buy a gun in Boston a month before the revolution. He eventually did get his musket since he was seen fighting at Concord. For this, Billerica is known as the home of Yankee Doodle. The lyrics are rearranged once more after the Americans pulled a sneaky one in June of 1775 at Bunker Hill. Even though they had the high ground, they still ultimately lost, though they put up a great fight. British that the song is pretty catchy and a pretty good roast, but I've got to give it to the Americans even more, since instead of crying like a baby about it, they embraced it. Around the same time in 1775, a Minuteman named Edward Bangs added another variation sung by a kid visiting Boston when our Lord and Savior Washington took control of it. And there was Kevin Washington and gentle folks around. After their victory at Saratoga in September of 1777, the colonists sung their own version of the song. Officer Thomas Aubrey stated, quote, Yankee Doodle is now their peon, a favorite of favorites, played in their army, esteemed as warlike as the Grenadiers' March. It is the lover's spell, the nurse's lullaby, he wrote. It was not a little mortifying to hear them play this tune when their army marched to our surrender. End quote. Father and I went down to camp along with Captain Goodwin, and there we saw the men and boys as thick as hasty pudding. And then they had a little keg, the heads were made of leather. They wrapped a pot with little clubs to call the folks together. There I saw a swamping gun as big as a lop of maples, put upon two little wheels, a load for father's cattle. I saw a man a-talking there, you might heard the barn, sir, howling and scooting too, the dew of one would answer. There he kept a riding round upon a spanking stallion, and all the people standing round a thousand or a million. What the soldiers did would be known as appropriation, the act of embracing something that was originally intended to be a taunt. 
In a sense, they turn something horrible into something beautiful. So in conclusion, I don't even know what I was trying to say here. So yeah, that was another random historical tale told. See you next time on this channel. Have a wonderful day. Bye!